Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com, where you can find all my Nuggets content. Um, I am joined by a very familiar friend of the show, Brendan Vogt of Denver Stiffs. How you doing, man? What's up, man? How you doing? How's trade deadline the past couple days been for you? Have you just kind of been on your seat like I have been the entire time? No. No, I have not. Mostly because I don't expect any big moves from Denver, uh, but also because... I don't know the Anthony Davis thing. I've just I've told myself this time I'm just gonna wait until the actual trade happens before I try to react and go crazy. So yeah, it's probably a good thing, especially considering that the Lakers have already pulled their offer off the table. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, they're waiting. They're trying to play hardball, trying to get them to cooperate to actually talk about a trade. If you think about it, how a negotiation would go, it makes a ton of sense that New Orleans would just keep asking for more until the Lakers say no, and then come in slightly under that. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason if the Lakers appear willing to offer all of this, there's no. No reason to stop it just the players ask for okay one pick well how about two how about three how about four so yeah. my sense is they're probably those negotiations are not closed and this is rather a stage in the negotiation process what did you think of the whole we're just going to like overprice the hell out of you because you're the lakers like offer that they wanted last night i think it's awesome i also think overprice is sure it's clear they're clearly practically trolling the lakers at this yes. point but I also think, look, at the end of the day, the Lakers' core isn't that good. And by the way, Boston's might not be either, but we can get to that later. But yes. the, uh, like th- this, it's it's overpricing. It's playing hardball and posturing and all that. But also just like, I don't know if it was just Ball, Ingram, and Kuzma in one pick. I don't think that's good enough for Anthony Davis. So yeah. I, I have no problem sitting here going, hey, you're, you're L.A. You feel entitled to this trade. You're trying to bully and tamper your way into this trade. Guess what? It's going to cost you an arm, a leg, and then the other toe. Yeah, I love that. The way that Andy Glockner called this on Twitter, his phrasing of this, and if you listen to this with children, cover their ears, he called it a fuck you tax. And I loved that so much because that's really what it felt like. 100%. And I think it makes sense, too, because it, it makes more sense for the Pelicans to trade him during the summer. Any, no, no matter what it is, they'll have more offers on the table. So if you're going to trade for him now, you're going to have to step up to do so. Yeah. And I think that that's a good move from them. Um, we're going to get into all this stuff, especially the Nuggets and their... I guess the, a path to them being able to trade for Anthony Davis if they wanted to and our thoughts on the Nuggets trading for Anthony Davis. But before we do that, here is a quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that 
are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com. T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N carestation.com Okay, so what were your initial thoughts when it came to Anthony Davis asking for a trade in or from New Orleans? Did you think Denver might have an opportunity to jump into that conversation? Or were you kind of hesitant and just kind of waiting for things to unfold? No, absolutely. Because the two biggest suitors in that conversation were the Lakers and the Celtics. The yeah. Celtics who have to wait. The Lakers yeah. who don't have really enough right now to make this a godfather offer. Reminder, that term godfather <laughs> offer, it means so good that if you turn it down, you'll be shot in the head. Yes. Not exactly what the Lakers were offering right now. <laughs> Adrian off the Crawford bat. Called, called it the Napoleon Dynamite offer. I thought that was the best thing I'd seen on Twitter the whole day. So you just, you look back at, I think, specifically the Paul George situation, right? Where it seemed like, well, why would you trade for him unless you're the Lakers? Turns out OKC, they gambled and it was the right move. So you look at the that type of situation and you think there's got to be a handful of teams that aren't the Lakers, that aren't the Celtics, that believe, hey, we actually have a good enough offer to come in over the top now and maybe then spend a year and a half or a year convincing AD to stay. So my first thought was Denver has enough pieces to at least get a seat at this table. Yeah, and that's probably the best way to phrase it. Is that if they wanted to push their chips on into the center of the table, they can be in that conversation. They have the pieces to do so. But the piece that you just hit on, the Paul George portion of this, I think is really significant because I think it's going to change the way that... Um, I guess not small market, but middle market teams are going to start approaching the trade deadline. They have now seen a precedent set that a star player can go to a small or mid-market team and be convinced to stay when they had said otherwise that they would not. To the extreme of Paul George should not go back to his hometown to play for the team that he had watched growing up his entire life. That, I think, is a very... It's a very important thing to the thought process for these smaller market teams, and I think it could play a role for Denver here because if you listen to what people say about Anthony Davis, it's very much so he wants to win. He's very much so a hard worker. He's not a big-time partier. He's not as much about the lifestyle. He really is a basketball player at heart, and he's looking for a very strong organization that can help get him to where he wants to go. And... Of course he wants a big market, but outside of all of that, Denver does check off those boxes. And I think because of that, the Nuggets feel maybe, and I don't know this, do not aggregate, we don't know, neither of us have any inside information when it comes to the Nuggets and if they're actually going to be able to get Anthony Davis or if if they've even talked about getting Anthony Davis, but... That does make sense to me. I do think that that could be one of those scenarios where they see it work with Paul George in Oklahoma City in their same division, and they were still willing to go out on a limb and push their chips into that table. And I think in terms of trying to get a read on can you pull that off with Davis, what the Thunder did with George, I think the most encouraging piece of information is that the Bucks were included on his list. So yes, yes there were the two LE really teams and the New York teams, but... You know, he feels that the basketball situation in Milwaukee is good enough, or according to his list, we can infer he feels this way, that he'd be willing to play there. So you have to think, okay, there's some small part of him that can be convinced the basketball situation is good enough in a place like Denver to stay. The other thing that I was looking at that list, 
And to me, I don't see the name, the the teams. I see names. So when yes. I see Lakers, I see LeBron. When yeah. I see Milwaukee, I see Giannis. When I see New York, I think KD now. Yeah, or Kyrie or whatever. Crazy and when I see LA, I think Kawhi. So the real question, I think, if you're just from the Denver perspective, is does he see Jokic that way? Not yeah. the team that way. Does he see Jokic that way? And my guess would be no. Yeah, and I that's would why agree with that. they're not on the list. And I would preface that all of this with the fact that Rich Paul, the uh, his agent of Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's agent as well, he was manipulating the entire situation, and this came from Anthony Davis's camp, and he specifically, it looked like, picked three teams that did not have the means to trade for him and the Lakers. Yeah, that's so another like, angle here as well. there is a little bit of that that could definitely change the equation, but I also think that it is value, valuable that Milwaukee was on that list. That still has to be taken into account that there was a small market team like Milwaukee. Just to continue to throw gas in this fire, Tim Connolly was in New Orleans for a while in his career. So he knows people in that organization. If they wanted to get a trade talks going, he has the resources to be able to get them to start. That is one part of this that I think is interesting as well. And look, I'm as pro Tim Connolly as anyone right now, but they'll get a lot of credit for keeping this young core together. And it shouldn't be forgotten that they were willing and actually almost able to trade some of this young core away in the past. They have not shied away from risky moves, like the three-way trade that would have said George to Cleveland and Love to Denver. Yeah, for they've, Gary Harris. They've eyed things like trying to get Kyrie Irving to town. They're not a, they haven't been afraid in the past to at least negotiate with Jamal and Gary. So while it may seem like, oh, that's a big risk, to, to go in and try to get a seat at the Anthony Davis table, don't put it past Tim Connolly and company. They're they're willing to take a swing for the fence. Absolutely, and Tim Connolly is a loyal guy, I and mean, there is no like arguing that. I mean, Will Barton and him go back a decade, and he believed in Will so much that he traded for Will when he ended up getting him here. So he, there is quite a bit of loyalty there. But like you said, they've kicked tires on things like they were trying. They were interested in trying to get a conversation with Chris Paul during his free agency, even though they had Jamal. Like there are. P- places where Tim Connolly has swung for the fences like that. So I do agree. I do think that's a big part of it. Um, all right, let's move towards this. So the Lakers put out their godfather offer, and I don't even want to go back and figure out what it was because it's inconsequential. It doesn't matter. It's not big enough. Two, two firsts, KCP, Rondo, and then all four of the young guys. There you go. I appreciate you for knowing that because I had already forgotten. I love the way that Matt Moore phrased it. He was like, I have this Ferrari. And then a guy comes up. He's like, I'll trade you 10 Hyundais for it. He says, no, I'll trade you 12 Hyundais for it. And it doesn't quite work that way. But the Lakers offer is non-existent. It's non-consequential for me at this point. Um, what would your godfather offer be from the Nuggets perspective? And this is not 100% sure that he's going to stay. This is only going off the facts that we just laid out. Big offer, which is what I think you're asking me outline here i think that we should provide context what would be the circumstance making that trade sooner rather they're than making later? it during the right trade now they're right looking now. at the trade de- deadline okay new orleans doesn't really want what la has to offer and they would have to wait for boston let's make it de- tough one it's well, a really tough it's one. tough because i don't know if i would do it but here, here's what i think the one that walks the line the one paul Millsap, malik beasley and two firsts yeah so you went a little bit less than I think I did even. Um, I went Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and two first. Here's here, so here, so yeah, that that's also that was that's the other a, one yeah, I was. It's thinking. a full blown like here's all the young talent. Here's two first round picks. There's two blue chip prospects. That deal you can't. I don't think you can say no to that. I I think that that's where you're like you force the Pelicans to make a decision right you, now. You call Boston and you say that's I need calling their bluff. I need basically. an ironclad guarantee that it's at least Tatum. Yes, and at Brown. least Tatum. Yes. Um. 
But my only thing with that is, see, my version of it was the deal that maybe you might do as Denver. I don't think you can do Gary and Jamal without a really, really good feeling you can convince him to stay. I completely agree with you. This is this is like this would take the Nuggets having more inside information than we have that he would be willing to at least consider entertaining the idea of staying. Right. But I think that would be like as far as I would go at that point. Um, if you but, but let's uh, let's let's say New Orleans likes that deal. The thing is, as risky and as scary as it is, with the way Monte and Malik have looked alongside Jokic. That's kind of the thought. And you're keeping Will Barton in town. Yes, you probably feel pretty damn good about AD Jokic in those. And at that point too, you could flip Paul Millsap because he would because he wouldn't be starting anymore. He would suddenly be without a starting role. Well, he would have to be in that deal. No, no, no. no, no. Because with Gary, Gary Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. comes out straight up for Anthony Davis with enough money. So you can do it in that way if you really wanted to get crazy, which I don't think would be able to happen. You could include Drew Holiday and Paul Millsap. So you can get Drew Anthony Davis for Millsap, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and whatever picks you wanted. Well, that's see, that's that's wild. That's too crazy at that point. But you could, in, in theory, if you did Jamal, Gary, and Michael Porter Jr., then flip Paul Millsap either for a pick or for another player that could help you with a future pick or whatever you wanted to do at that point. But... It's it's an interesting conversation. Would would you up your offer if you knew he was going to stay? What would what would be off limits if, if, if you knew if, he was going to oh, stay? Because like the Bucks are on his list. If we're going to live in La La Land, where he would stay in the Bucks in a small market. If Anthony Davis and his agent are telling me that they're signing an extension, it's Jamal and Gary. You do it. Yeah, would you, you do it? How many picks would you be willing to throw in? Because they don't have 2019, so you're talking 2020, 2022, and if you go beyond that, it has if to you be know if you year. know he's staying, I'd give him both of them. I'd give him Porter Jr. and I'd give him two if they asked for it. Yeah, because look, man, here's what it comes down to: at the, if you're the Denver Nuggets, you will never, ever, ever have another chance, probably, to pair two top eight players together yeah. under team control. Yes. And the, in this fantasy scenario, they have <laughs> control over Davis. And here's the thing, man. There's a difference here between the basketball perspective and the fan perspective. I've advocated for not blowing this team up and saying they don't need another piece. That's sort of the the hot take version of the fan thing of this. It's so fun to watch this, and you, you're gonna want to. You're always gonna maybe regret wondering like how far could this team could have gone as constructed. But at the end of the day, you're going to have tough decisions to make about who you keep and who you don't moving forward, and you don't get a lot of chances. You probably don't get any in Denver to put guys like Davis and Jokic together. So if you know he's coming, if you know he's staying, whatever they ask for, you do it. Anything short of Jokic. Absolutely. Uh, Let me paint another picture for you to see what your kind of thought process is. So there's a very weird quirk when it comes to trading for Anthony Davis that has not existed in really any other star player that has ever been traded. It's the fact that there's a year and a half left on his deal. This is not in the last year of his deal saying that if you don't trade me by the deadline, I'm walking in six months. This is, I still have 18 months on my contract. So if the Nuggets hypothetically traded for Anthony Davis for whatever package it entails... If then he decides he does not want to stay in Denver, the Nuggets then become the team who can then trade Anthony Davis this summer or before next trade deadline. The flipping thing is interesting, but I would also just say this. I don't think the timeline for Denver winding up with that, like, the the trades we just outlined were if you know he's staying, and you don't know yeah, he's staying. I so I don't think you even risk it if you're Denver un- until it's the summer. Because what I think you do is you don't have to rush that yet. You wait and see how far this team can go. If they can make a second-round push, maybe flirt with the Constance Finals, 
you you your pitch to AD is a little different. This is no longer potential. This is hey, where are you away? And maybe he looks at the situation and he thinks, oh, I'm just them away. So I don't think you trade for him till the summer if you're Denver without knowing that he's coming. So counterpoint, the Nuggets might never be in a position that they are in right now ever again. They are already just a half game behind Golden State. They are already pushing and showing the league that they are absolutely to be contended with once they get to the playoffs. No one's probably going to outright pick them unless they're a top three seed in the West. But at the same time, they are going to be a terrifying opponent for whoever they match up with. If they get Anthony Davis, you can make the argument that they're immediate title contenders. And if they are, and let's say they get to the Western Conference Finals or whatever it is, and they push the Warriors to six or seven games in the Western Conference Finals, with Davis, that's even more of a reason for him to stay. That's even more of a, a of an easier sales pitch to show that it's worth staying in Denver for because we had only been here for three months and look what we were able to accomplish and we're all still so young and we have the money for you and we have the draft pick still coming. Right. The only, my only thing is if you're Denver, this playoff push is happening regardless, right? Who knows? Maybe you yes. lose in the first round, maybe you make it to the Western Conference Whatever. Final, but you're in and you're still waiting for all your starters to get healthy. I don't think the deal happens without knowing that David like I don't think the deal happens this right now before the trade deadline unless it's your offer the Murray and the Harris package and I don't think there's any way you can do that without knowing he's coming so I I think you just wait anyway and I just think you have to and so I think that what you're what you're hoping for is you make it to the second round you look really good you're a piece away and your pitch to Davis is a little different like hey if you come in yeah we're we're contending next year and so yeah I don't I just can't envision any timeline in which Denver Denver takes this risk until it's the summer anyway. Yeah, and I totally get that. Uh, one last scenario I want to throw at you because you are so this hell-bent of the summer. I want to throw this one at you too. What if there was a full-blown, and this is all speculation, a full-blown tampering agreement between the Knicks and the Nuggets that if the Knicks get the number one pick in the lottery that they are willing to send it to Denver for Anthony Davis? What just, if you can pair Zion with Nikola Jokic? So you're saying you you like you trade for you trade Anthony for Davis, Davis now, whatever and then it you is, flip him, and then you the, flip him with a back, you know, yeah. a handshake agreement with the Knicks well, for the first pick in the draft. For your in terms of a handshake, too many scenarios. You wouldn't oh, know. I know. You would I never know. know. So that that conversation never happens. Flipping him for Davis is interesting. For for Williamson is interesting. As high as I think Zion's ceiling is. We're also talking about a guy that hasn't played a game in the NBA yet. 100%. So we'd be talking about a lot of flipping to wind up back in the question mark zone. Yes. Whereas right now, like, right now your your question mark is, wow, what do our starters look like when they're healthy, and what do we do with Malik Beasley because he's too good? Yeah. So I don't know if you want to go through all that just to wind up with Zion and Jokic. I know and, it sounds like And a- to make it clear, I agree with everything you've said. No, I yeah. just like these scenarios in this construct of a deal. I have no idea what the right answer is with the deal. And I don't either, you know? but I, I mean, I tend to... The way I can I can boil it down as it comes down to this, it probably doesn't happen for Denver unless Murray and Gary are involved. Yes. I don't think you can do that for Denver... Unless you know he's coming. You're probably never going to know he's coming. But at the same time, with Beasley on deck, Jamal's paycheck coming up, Gary's injury history, and your chances of ever, 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 ever pairing two top eight guys together again, I do not know what the right answer is. I have no no idea. Um, Let's dive into um, a little bit more about the Nuggets trade deadline stuff beyond just Anthony Davis. Sure. So if you were Tim Connolly, what would your focus, your priority list, your thought process be about this trade deadline? Well, first of all, it is figuring out if there's any way in how we can do this without Jamal yeah. and Gary. Yes, because if you can do that, it's it's a, it's a done deal, right? That should be your... Yeah. 
I mean, like... Because there's a lot of ways to make a deal in that in that sense as well. There's would, a lot of ways. It so. would almost never happen, but if there's a way you can... Like, I think you have to include Jamal, because I think he is outside of M- MPJ, who we know has the back surgeries. Like, in any deal with Denver, Jamal's the highest ceiling piece you would get back. So the question is, is there any way you can do this while you keep Gary? And if you... Like, Jamal, MPJ, Beasley, and three firsts, like, that's going to be tough to say no to. It is. But, it is. Um, so let's just say that that doesn't happen. You're but, not but that's probably that. not going to yeah, happen. That's probably not going to happen. I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So what's broken right now? Trey Lyles. Yes. And that's not a knock on Trey as a person. Trey, who came in and did an excellent job last year when Millsat's mm-hmm. been out, but Trey should be out of this rotation. I agree. Even as well as he's played in the last couple of nights, it's just far too inconsistent. It comes too far in, bet- uh, in between, and so. Do you, can you move him for just a pick? Can you clear? Can you yeah. clear uh, a roster spot? Because if you can, I would I would be inclined to move Trey and replace him in the rotation with potential buyout candidate Miritich, Nikola Miritich. There you go. I like that idea. So I actually I had I wrote in a, a similar thing. I actually went out and tried to find a deal. And what I came up with is the Philadelphia 76ers really need more floor spacing and guys who can add three point shooting. So while he hasn't shot well this year, Trey Lyles is in terms of an archetype, a stretch big. So maybe you could convince Philly to give you Sacramento's 2019 second round pick. It's technically a pick swap, but it's the more favorable of the Bucks or Sacramento, and Sacramento is going to be the more favorable, so it just is what it is. So maybe you can send Trey Lyles to um, Philly for Justin Patton, who you would then waive to create that roster spot you're talking about, and then take back that Sacramento second-round pick as well. Because, I mean, I wrote about this today a little bit when I did my trade deadline primer. Tim Connolly has been an absolute master in the second round. He's got Nikola Jokic, Monte Morris, and Jared Vanderbilt in four years, and that's not including Thomas Welsh, who is also potentially a third center on a team late in the second round, which is still a good find. So things like that, I do think that it'd be good if they can find a second-round pick. Um, I do wonder... if they can't create a roster spot by moving Lyles, if they just wave Leiden. That's one thing that I think might be on the table. Again, no insider information, but it would be surprising if the Nuggets, who are looking to make a push and be a real playoff team, wouldn't want a roster spot for the buyout market. It's just strange that Leiden is taking one up, because we know they declined the option. We know he doesn't have a future in Denver. He barely ever plays. Last time he did, it did not go well. No, so, it did not. That's that's a that's just a roster spot that's being soaked up there. And if look, man, like Miritich is a guy who's right now he's averaging sixteen point seven points per game, efficient field goal percentage of fifty five percent. So that's a guy who I think can be what you're looking to get out of Trey Lyles, except a better version of it. And I and you know first of all he would have to be bought out first, and he'd have to be the first two in. Yeah. But that's just. I don't really want to make any tweaks to this rotation. You just look at the Lyles minutes and go, what else could those be? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the one thing I would say when it comes to the buyout market specifically is that the Nuggets, I believe, only have about $6 million to work with below it's like tax. like 6, 6.7, Yeah, it's right around yeah. there. Um, so if they did bring in a guy like Nikola Miritich or they did bring in a guy like Wes Matthews who gets bought out, they're going to have to go into the tax to bring those guys in on buyout deals right. like that. Right. So that is going to be a part of this equation. So the cheaper buyout guys are going to be more likely. I also wouldn't be surprised if they went out and got a third center, somebody like Robin Lopez in Chicago or something like that, yeah. just for depth purposes. And this might be why the correct answer is to do absolutely nothing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Because and that was going to be my point. You're right. It might not be it's, – it's not worth it to go into the tax from your titch. But, yeah. you know, if they, you just – as far as ways you can improve the rotation without having to break up the rotation, that's all I can see. But the, the correct answer might be, look, do nothing. 
Yeah, and, like, you know, if people keep bringing up, like, the idea of, like, they could use a veteran scorer off the bench, and I'd be like, but they could get Isaiah Thomas back. Isn't that technically the idea of right. a veteran scorer? Like, right. those are the things that you're going to get. And I think the other portion of this is that the Nuggets are going to be scared to make a deal. I'm scared's the wrong terms. I don't know if they're scared. But it would worry me if I were the Nuggets to make a deal right now considering how banged up the roster is. Because if you lose depth right now to try to improve the roster, you could be putting yourself into a very you know precarious situation with how bad the depth already is because of how banged up you are. So I think that could be a part of this that's going to be interesting if nothing else as well. Um, any other thoughts that you would do if you were Denver? Any ideas? I think, oh, actually, you know what? There is one more thing I wanted to bring up. I think the Nuggets are going to be focused on replenishing picks. I think that them not having a first-round pick this year might be something that they go look for. If a team offers a first-round pick for Wancho or something like that, they might consider it. That might be something that interests them a little bit because Tim Connolly is just so good in the draft. It just makes sense to give him more bullets in the chamber to be able to do or, his Or best. another first is just another asset if you maybe look at making a trade down the line. Exactly. To, the, to me, I just think the real question is what anyone – I don't think you're getting a first unless you trade Malik Beasley. And I, I agree. I wouldn't trade Malik Beasley. I, w- I wouldn't Yet. either. And I do think – Malik Beasley is. I've I've heard that there's been multiple calls in for him already, I would which should be imagine. very. That's not a surprising statement at this point. So that's not surprising to me at all either. But I think that's it. Yeah, you good here? I'm good here, man. You got no other trade deadline discussions that are running around your head. Here's my real hope now. Nothing, nothing at all happens, yeah, I and I can just take a deep breath and clean my apartment. Yeah, I don't blame you. We'll see what happens, though. Maybe the Nuggets create a roster spot. But until then, this has been the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go subscribe on iTunes. Just search Denver Nuggets Daily in your podcast app. Um, thanks to the Regulators Production Group for making the intro and outro beats of this podcast. Shouts out to Terrapin Care Station for the being the presenting sponsor. And we will talk to you guys again in the future. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.